Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. I'm Zach. Welcome to We're in Fear, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. Your parents wanted you home hours ago, but you and your teenage peers got to talking. Oh, yeah. You started sharing stories. Uh-oh. Scary stories. Spooky. You've heard some of these stories before. After all, of the area, you are, in fact, a local. So things get around. Mm-hmm. But one stands out. It's the one... With the gnomes. Oh. Trolls. Hobbits. Hobbits. Nasty Whatever hobbits. you're... Fr- oh, go ahead, what? I said nasty hobbits. <laughs> so nasty. Again, whatever your friends decide to call them. Or these things. Okay. The things they've heard rumors and perhaps ho-whispers about. They're small... Anthropomorphic monsters with an appetite for flesh. Well, that doesn't sound like a hobbit. No, these hobbits are not... These hobbits are not Tolkien's hobbits. Okay. Again, these monsters have an appetite for flesh, absolutely itching to devour or outright murder anyone who trespasses on their homestead. Do they worship Satan? Probably. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, why not? Maybe. I mean, if Satan there, and you're looking to worship, I mean, 2 plus 2 equals 666. Uh-huh. Sure. All right, so their alleged home, again, these flesh-eating hobbits, isn't that far away, either. It's a place... It's kind of creepy... Perhaps gated with a long wooded drive, eerily secluded from the rest of the city, despite being within a residential area. Again, it's like tucked away inside of a city. Okay. But gated. Kind of, sort of, yeah. Okay. It's the place with all the little, again, little, odd, worn down, dilapidated houses. Tiny houses. Cottages? Again. Whatever you want to call them, but these houses are not... You wouldn't normally think of, like, people living in these kind of houses. It's kind of why you and your friends might think hobbits live there. Hmm. Again, you and your friends are feeling confident, courageous, feisty. Okay. So you decide, yeah, it's time to go. What really lives inside this strange place? Well, on that Friday night, it's time for you guys and perhaps gals to find out. We're going to do it. Let's do it. All right. 
you enter this hidden area. And then your worst nightmares come true. Fun and games quickly turn to terror and dread. As a mysterious figure steps out of one of the homes brandishing a weapon. Causing you and your buddies to exit post haste. You guys are gone. Dipping. You're out. We're out. Quote. It didn't hurt the legend that one of the longtime caretakers for the property living near the entrance was somewhat legendary for coming out in the middle of the night and chasing kids off with a shotgun. I'm sure it only added to the mystique. Yeah. Right? I would say, oh, that's something worth talking about. Right. Like, why has this guy got a gun? What's so What's so dangerous back right. here? Or what's so scary? Or what, what should we not know? Exactly. Bad enough that he's got a gun. Or perhaps, what if he's been pushed to the limit? What if you guys weren't the only guys to hang out in perhaps this quote-unquote neighborhood? Yeah, what if this happens every weekend? What if it happens every night? Yeah. Every day? It's nice. What if it happens at noon? Whoa, weird! Yeah. <laughs> Not too many shotguns get whipped out at noon, but... High noon? Come you on. Do you? Oh, well, that's true, that's true. Now, that quoting that I had just done, those are the words of Lewis Kogan. SLC Public Lands Deputy Director, um, again, when he was talking to ABC4 in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh-huh. That's where our story takes us tonight. Now, you, the uh, hypothetical you, again, it's not alone. Love when I'm hypothetical. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Just live your life as a hypothetical? <laughs> That'd be cool. I guess I exist. But, well, Hypothetically, I could do this. Yeah. I'm doing this. Am I alive? Am I not alive? Hypothetically. Who am I? Hmm. Hypothetically. What if every sentence just ended with, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. What are you talking about? Is this real or not? Hypothetically, it could be. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right. Over the years, many people have, quote unquote, this my, you know, air quotes, investigated the area. Now, when I was diving into the topic we're discussing, mm-hmm. I found something we love. A random blog site. A lot of the posts date back to 2012 and 2011. Perfect. It's good stuff. And I found uh, you know, a bunch of comments with people's experiences visiting the area tucked in the Sugar House community of Salt Lake City, Utah. Affectionately referred to, and again, the title of our episode... Hobbitville. Okay. So I'm going to go to this website. I'm going to read you some stuff. This is from the, um, you know, utahadventures.wordpress.com. Excellent. And uh, there's some comments on here, but I'm going to read one of the stories from the actual, like, blog poster, and then we'll get to some of the comments again. Introducing kind of a legend, so let's hear what some of the locals have to say. One particular night, a few friends of mine decided to check this place out for ourselves. This was a night I will never forget. We were driving past the entrance to Hobbitville, waiting for an old, beat-up car with their lights off to leave. On the third time we drove by, it pulled out and followed a few cars behind us. We noticed... And with crying girls in the back seat, I, the driver, pulled down a side street to attempt to lose them. So now it's like a car chase. Mm-hmm. This didn't work, however. 
They began a 30-minute long chase through the sugar house area. We would catch glimpses of them and discover that they were old guys with long gray beards. Creepy. At times... Gandalf? <laughs> that was what I thought. Is he, is he protecting the shocker? Yeah. Gandalf and his crew? At times, we would think we lost them. Then we would drive to a four-way stop in the neighborhood, and they would be sitting in the middle of the intersection with their lights off. They arrived precisely when they meant to. <laughs> they did. We pretty much crapped our pants. Well, I didn't expect to read that. <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> I crapped my pants. Yeah. We finally got back on the main road, and we thought we lost them. All the passengers convinced me that we needed to abandon Hobbitville for tonight and just go home. I pulled the U-turn at an intersection, but right after I had turned around, the beat-up car with no headlights drove past us, smiled, and waved. This is when I first started freaking out. After that, no car or stoplight kept me from speeding home, so now we're just breaking lots of laws as fast as we could. With the rain beating down hard at one in the morning, the girls couldn't stop crying until we reached the safety of home. Okay. That was that little account. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into some comments. The first comment was left at 5.28 a.m. on December 10th, 2010, by Spoon. Okay. I, too, visited Hobbitville. And barely lived to tell the tale. Ha <laughs> ha! No. But actually, about 12 years ago, when I first got a license, I think license is spelled wrong. It almost looks like licorice, but that's fine. It was in to go rally through Hobbitland and look at all the strangely built houses and statues. Some of them have writing that say things like, quote, the eyes are watching. Huh. An ominously charming Tim Burton feeling such as much of Sugar House has, a trip to Hiland? I don't think that's a word. Highland? A trip to H-Land is how it's spelled. Oh. That's fine. So it consisted of a slow... Oh, Hobbitland. They chose to abbreviate this very common word. Yeah. Consisted of a slow, short drive to down the road that led in an ending in a loop which set off a motion light, which always made you drive faster as you left. Does the loop really have an ending? Does it have an ending? I don't know. Is it like a roundabout? It's kind of. that. And if it's just ending in a loop, I'm assuming it's just like a... I'm guessing a roundabout? Okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. One time a voice shouted, What are you looking at? And an egg bounced off my ear to break inside the car and break all over everyone, come to find out later that it's just a neighborhood full of non-hobbits, Disgruntled as. I, I, that's what made up parody scenes. I don't know what that word is supposed to be. On their tourist lots. Right to be so, but what do you expect when you live in an old witch's colony? I don't know if he's calling all of Salt Lake City a witch's colony. I am. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. You were saying. All right. Then there's one comment about somebody yelling, um, saying like the eyes are watching. Again, someone saying there's no hobbits. Are they talking about private drive and all those duplexes in the back? And then we go to Saxton. Weird, these aren't in order. That's strange. Oh, because these are replying to this comment. This one's from 2017. Hi there. 
I visited last year, so it'd probably be 2016, because I'm a bird enthusiast and I was interested in living there. A birder. He's a birder. That's going to play. Again, I also chose to read these comments because you're getting clues about the story that we're kind of, so you know, to see mean? the eagles. Uh, well, there's stuff going on here. Uh, so the Hobbitville stuff is absolute nonsense, is what this guy says. But he talks about how the residents are private and talk about how some of the roads ended all blocked Sounds up. Sounds like one of them finally got an e- internet connection. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, questions pertaining to uh, you know vacancies and available homes, and then the, the weird sayings are real. So, again, we'll talk about more about this, but there's also, like, there's just, like, statues, there's, um, like, carvings, and they have just sayings on them, just, like, little poetic statements. Like live, laugh, love. Basically, similar, <laughs> not quite. Because the eyes are watching. These predate, yeah. That's yeah. Somebody also says that specific sign is garbage, but there's other signs that say other things. So like, there are signs that do say things. The weird sayings are real. There's some interesting mosaics and odd phrases artistically displayed throughout the private drive. When I was in church, this one 2011. My teacher told me, uh, told us about this stuff, and people in my class thought it was all fake, but it's not. I want to go there so bad. All right. And this is 2011 from Melissa. My husband told me about this place, and I didn't believe him. He's from Salt Lake City, Utah. When I went there with him, he took us through it. Little people turned their lights off in their homes and hid. You could see shadows running around and crouching down in their homes. The place is filled with creepy little houses and statues. There were tons of signs with parts of nursery rhymes on them. We then seen some of the residents of Hobbitville about to load up in their cars with their guns, so we headed out. There have been known shootings there, and they will chase you out. Definitely is an adventure, but a scary one. Is it just a Mormon neighborhood? It's like the non-Mormons coming in. <sighs> Jaislin, December 12th. How big are these houses? Like- December 2, 2012. Like, they're tinier. Like, once I get into this more, I'll have you, you know, look up some stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're, like, smaller. And there's a reason why they're smaller houses, which we'll, of course, get into. Okay. Um, this guy, or gal. I got chased with a pipe wrench. He was swearing at us. And I'm 11 years old. What? <laughs> <laughs> why are you going to strange neighborhoods when you're 11? Uh, my friend fell and almost got to her, but she hid behind a dumpster. This is, like, a traumatic event. Yeah. The guy is do insane. That's just how it says. That's how it's written. So that's what I'm saying. Well, the guy is do insane. Then my mom tried it again. The person is 11. Then my mom tried to drive in and he started to walk up to the car. My mom hurried and drove away. We stayed there until midnight trying to get in. It was wired because we weren't on his property when he chased us. Weird. Probably. He crossed the street and started chasing us. My mom tried to ask him a question. He didn't move. Now, through the mind of an 11-year-old, that sounds like chaos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for real. Right? Mom even tried to come get us. We had to hide. He didn't move. There's a dumpster. He had a wrench. He had a wrench. Yeah. Oh, this person. I'm just going to read this because someone's trying to troll this 11-year-old. Tell your friend not to not hide behind a dumpster, and when he is chasing you, this is in caps, run as fast as your little legs can. Go, please, don't fall. He will get you. <laughs> This is Johnny Ringo, 2011. We've been a couple of times a few years ago, and a huge man, supposedly the Hobbit's bodyguard, comes out and chases you with a bamboo stick 
or hits your car with a bamboo stick. Just a P.S. Though or he a isn't, pipe mm-hmm. or a pipe wrench, or a pipe wrench, whatever he's got around, you know, whatever he when he sees it coming, whatever's close, whatever is native to Utah, a bamboo stick, yep, pipe wrench, probably. They grow wild there. Either way, they do. You just pluck them off the bush. Yep. Just a P.S. Though he isn't scared of hurting you. It's trespassing, so I wouldn't suggest going anywhere. He isn't scared of hurting you. It's trespassing. Well, I don't know if you can just beat whatever. Yeah, you can. Just beat him down? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a thing. They step on your property, well, you can just beat him with pipe wrenches. Well, Brian Myers says, technically by law, even if you are trespassing, they can't harm you. I say otherwise. Unless they feel, well, yeah, Zach has other <laughs> attitudes toward this. Unless they feel that's just how we do it here in Illinois. Yeah. This is what they do in Utah. Yeah. Don't hurt people. In Illinois, we just beat you. Merciless beatings for everyone. That's all I hear about Illinois, right, when you hear about yeah. it in the news? Yeah. Merciless beatings. <laughs> Unless they feel like their life is in danger or threatened by you. Well, that's kind of the, the, the caveat. That's the out, right? I felt threatened. That 11-year-old charged me. They're friend hit behind a dumpster. That's why I beat him to death with this pipe wrench. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Yikes. Thought he had a gun. What? So unless you threaten them breaking into their homes or whatnot, yeah, that would be bad. They can't really do anything or they would get in trouble. And then they just talk about strict yeah, trespassing policies, blah, blah, blah. You can walk around. Um, but last time I heard, well, last time I was there, I heard shouting and had things thrown at us, but all they did was threaten to call the police and had scary laughs coming from the dark bushes around us. That's just, you just don't toss that in. That's not normal. Yeah, what? That's not normal. You probably should have left as soon as the scary laugh started. Yeah, that itself was creepy to think they were in the forest with us. I mean, yeah. What? What? Again, it is a forested area, but. Then uh, this is Leticia Flores. Every time I go with my sister and cousin, the tall man would come out and tell us to leave. But we would pretend to leave, and an hour later we will return. We got chased out by a car, and we still go because we want to go through the whole thing. They just like getting chased. Right. So I'm just reading a few of these comments. We're almost at the end of this comment stream, but like, can I get an idea what this quote-unquote legend could be? You know what I mean? Creepy area, driving around, people yelling at you, people coming to get you. Mm-hmm. Are they hobbits? It's a little run down. Um, this is Katie. So me and my friends decided to go one night and see what this place is all about. We had heard stories about the hobbit's protector. And let's just say, they're all true. This guy is good. He's stupid, but good. The first time we went behind the apartments to the right of the right driveway... And we're very well hidden, but he somehow still managed to shine his flashlight on us and chase us out. Then, like 15 minutes later, we went behind one of the abandoned houses on Downington Ave, and he found us once again and yelled, You're trespassing! Have a nice day! It's like a reverse Scooby-Doo. Literally a reverse Scooby-Doo. <laughs> the old man's the one in the right. Right. And he's like, get out, get out of here, you kids, you meddling kids. We were going to get in there if it wasn't for that meddling old man. <laughs> Right, and the kids are, like, causing all the problems as opposed to saving the day. Yeah. Then he booked it and came out of the village around the corner and up Downington to try and catch us on top of that. How fast is this old man? He seems very fast. He had a baseball bat. Obviously, we ran as fast as we could. Back to our car with him chasing us the whole time. When we drove back down the street, he was still there with his flashlight and baseball bat trying to see if any of us were still there. This guy is legit. 
though he's not the brightest. I don't know if he's dumb, though. Why yeah, do you think he's do you, dumb? Yeah, how do you get that from this interaction? He's, he's literally following you wherever you go. He's so stupid. He he's was ahead of us you. and knew we were going to be there. What a dumb dumb. Poor big dummy. Idiot. This guy's got shit for brains, am I right? Yeah, what's he going to do with a baseball bat? Yeah. He can't hurt us. Loser. We're in a car and shit. Yeah. There were a few times we were standing in plain sight and he didn't see us. Or you think. And then the fact that he thought we would still be behind the abandoned house just proves he's not too smart. They were definitely going back. I want to see some little houses. Mm-hmm. All right. Samantha. Went there last night with my boyfriend and sister. We drove in first to see what it looked like. Then we decided to park and walk in there. The house looks creepy, and there's a bunch of singings here and there. There was no guard when I went, which was around 8 p.m. But there was a guy shining a flashlight through the trees. Feels like a guard. Sounds like a guard. <laughs> Feels like a guard to me. <laughs> so that's when we decided to leave. Uh, What's they, that guy doing? I don't know. Just shining a flashlight Just like looking for people coming into the neighborhood. Weird that there's no guard here, though. Yeah. Odd, right? <laughs> Uh, this guy must be dumb. Yeah, idiot. He's probably <laughs> stupid as fuck. All right, Trevor. Me and a few friends went there tonight. Wow, tonight, June 22nd, 2012. That's not tonight. We parked one straight down, and I was tying my shoe on the Hobbit Protector. I like that name. What would you call the Hobbit Protector? Uh, don't. Gonna, I'm gonna think too hard on that. No, you Let's think, move think, along. <laughs> should, well, I'm gonna t- they tell you what they put it in quotes. Think real simple. Okay. So it's like hobbits. Who helps the hobbits? Who protects them? The wizard. Quote Gandalf the Great <laughs> came out and started yelling at us. He threw a stick at our car. That's a Gandalf move. <laughs> I, <laughs> right? I, like, I like to imagine, you know, in the movies, Gandalf just shows up and chucks his staff <laughs> at things. <laughs> just, hey! Bah! whips it and then he has no weapon yeah and then like I saw one hobbit in the house in the back the balrog shows up and he just chucks <laughs> a stick in <laughs> dong I didn't do anything oh shit I tried <laughs> fly Gan- you fools you can't shine your flashlight I'm out yeah you're not much of a guard yeah we were walking down the driveway and he came after us with a bigger stick <laughs> 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 so he's packing two sticks. Yeah. One to whip and one to hit. Make sure you go at night. Oh shit, I forgot my whipping stick. <laughs> this is a good way to end this too. Make sure you go at night. He'll chase you and make it fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Alright. I don't want to read this username. And I'm, I am almost through these, but again, I'm setting the tone here a little bit. Uh, I don't know. How do you feel maybe reading something from Wankster for Life? It's just fine. Okay. This is in 2012, so about six years ago, so 2006, when I was a mischievous high school student. My friends and I went to drive through there because we were told that it was full. Hmm. I had fun in my head. It was full of little people living in little houses that would throw rocks at you if they caught you in there, which we immediately piqued our curiosity. As we pulled in, we noticed a dark figure staring at us through the window of the big house in the front, and we looked at each other for all of ten minutes before we decided to leave because we thought we were going to be its next murder victims. Wait, they just stared at each other? Right. Or the guy at the 
in oh, the window. Probably the other window. <laughs> or, or that. They look back and forth. They're so terrified they just stared at each other for 10 minutes. Oh, shit. You think he sees us? He's going to kill us. We're going to move. Last night, I was out with an old high school pal of mine, and we decided to go check the place out again. And as soon as they turned into the driveway straight, a man with a long gray beard. This place is guarded by Gandalf. Yep. Gandalf is here. A long gray beard came flying out of the bushes with a metal rod and scared the shit out of us. He's in the bushes. It could be Radagast. <laughs> Too much? No, it's just it's just a lot. To, I'm trying to... I'm tapping all my knowledge here. We're getting, almost getting to the bottom of the barrel of my Lord of the Rings knowledge, so I will be depending on you as they... He shouted at us asking if we needed help with some directions, and my friend said, What? He shouted at us asking if we needed help with some directions. So he's just being a helpful guy. Are you lost? Are you lost? And my friend said we were looking for the freeway. This seems like a lie. He told us we were... We, he told us... I see they spoke... It should be where. He told us where it was and then watched as we backed up and left. Now that I've read the stories, I think we're going to go back. And this guy was in the military for four years. I will be going prepared, dressed in BDUs and covered in camo paint. We'll see if, quote, Dumbledore... <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll see if, quote, Dumbledore and his wand can find and catch me this time. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, why are you going to go back in camo? That doesn't seem like it's going to help. No. All right. Especially you're... if you're just driving in. You drive in, full camo, get out and, like, hide in a bush. Literally, you're just causing problems. Right? Yeah. Like, if you see somebody pull out in front of your house in camouflage paint and starts running to the woods, you're like, that's not good. <laughs> yeah. Especially nowadays. Yeah, like, oh, God, what is he, who is he like, joining in the bushes? I'd be a little... A little concerned? I'd be very concerned. Yeah, right? All right, I got two more comments here, and then we're going to move on. But you're getting kind of an idea of what the place is about, mm-hmm. this weird environment. Um, this is also a 2012 drum and pick chick. Sure. A couple years ago, some friends and I got done eating, and we were driving around aimlessly trying to think of something to do. There were three cars, and I was driving the lead car and decided to stop, so I pulled up. This is like a whole like a fucking convoy. It's a whole crew. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, we're convoy mode. We pulled up onto a hill where there was sort of a place to park. We all got out of our cars and started talking about plans. I don't like that sentence. How often do you start talking about plans? A shuttle van went past and then came back. I saw it had the name of the ski resort I worked at the season before. As it was slowing down, I started... I w- Every time it sounds weird, it's the sentences. You know how this goes. As it was slowing down, I started, I was thinking. Quote, oh, hey, maybe it's someone I know. An older guy rolled down the window and didn't. I didn't recognize him. I'm Gandalf. Hey, it's me. What size stick do you want? Cause I got a couple. I got my whipping stick and I got my beating stick. Which one do you want? You want to get thrown with one or you want to get slapped? All right. It sort of took me by surprise. Like, how does he know I work there? Shit, I didn't know he had a slapping stick. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> but he started yelling at us and telling us to leave and have some respect. He just went on and on, and we're all standing there clueless as to what in the world he was talking about. He was saying, leave us alone, and I'm going to call the cops, and calling us a bunch of punks. Goddamn, got- Goddamn punks. I mean, right? Get off my lawn. You get called a good punk, and that's that's something else. He got so mad, he jumped out of the van. I mean, jumped. He disappeared behind the door. All of a sudden, we had a little person waddling towards us in anger. 
It was scary and hilarious as we all jumped in our cars like he was a little gremlin going to bite our ankles. I don't like any of those sentences. <laughs> Me not a fan. Do not like that. Do not endorse those comments. We talked some sense into him finally and told him we're really sorry, but we don't know what he's talking about. We had never heard of Allen Park or Hobbitville. Apparently where we were parked was on a hill above the houses where they live, and people like to stop there and spy on them. He said something like, "Go, like people go in there and pound in the windows and doors and scare them and just to go home. Possibly the strangest thing I've experienced. Then he continued to follow us around Sugar House. I stopped him and ran to his van and told him, that's in all caps, to stop following us and to just go home. Sugar House a neighborhood? It's like a neighborhood or like a subdivision. Is it like a subdivision or like a big neighborhood? Like, Without me being a native of Salt Lake City, it was hard to tell. Okay. It felt like a subdivision or like a, but when they say, like, yeah, or like, they a su- like a suburb, yeah. like Sugar House. Well, I'm thinking like... A nearby, like a town, but like incorporated. I'm thinking like in Chicago how their neighborhoods were. Could like, be, I would like that big, like not some, in mm-hmm. our town where neighborhoods are like a subdivision, right? I would think, um, kind of merge the two in your mind and think about something like that. That's right. kind of how, whenever I was reading, that's kind of how I am because following somebody around a subdivision doesn't sound that difficult, no? Some following somebody around a neighborhood, like a, yeah, say like a neighborhood, thinking like, of like that, yeah, I sounds like a little a, bit more complicated, like a neighborhood, you're like, all right, this is weird, yeah, that's how I would take it. This is the last comment here from McKay in 2016. My friend's mom told us about this place about a year ago, but I never knew where it was. I found this blog, which I love, by the way, and immediately texted my friend, making plans to go. We went two days ago and drove through it once around 3 p.m., and nothing happened. Sure, the houses were small, and there were weird statues and quotes everywhere, but that was all there was to see. We went and did some other exploring and came back at about 7.30 p.m., the sun was just going down, but still light enough. All right, so anyways, they drove to the end, and I got out of my car to take a photo of one of the quotes on the largest statue at the end of the road. And the quote was, quote, Keep your eyes in the stars and your feet on the ground. You motivated by that? Always. Good. A light had come on when we were down there, but at this point I figured we were fine, so I didn't care. As we were driving out, I looked at the house and noticed an older lady staring at us through a window. She didn't look happy, and it freaked me out. Well, yeah, you're just fucking around in her neighborhood. Was now, it, then I was intrigued. Was it nighttime? Did I miss uh, that? I think it got to nighttime. Right. I think. Okay. She didn't look happy, and it freaked me out. Now that I was intrigued, I convinced my friend to let me drive through it again. She didn't really want to, but I had to. We drove through, and nothing happened again. So we just left. <clears throat> yeah, because you know, it was probably just that lady looking out the window. That's all it was. Because if it is nighttime and she's got her lights on, yeah, you can't see out the fucking window. No, she you can see her better than she can see you. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the car, she'll see the headlights, but that's about it. Yeah, it did have a very creepy feeling though, and it was weird, very weird. So I texted my two other friends and asked them if they wanted to go in a different car. We're obsessed. That's weird. Right. We went yesterday, and as no, we were I mean, driving. Yeah. A different car thing. <laughs> right. No one will that. It's like this way, it's like a different I'm not agreeing version. with him. <laughs> no, it's like if you go in a different car, then like it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's like just a duel, you know? Yeah. And was following us right. So then another car pulled out, literally out of nowhere, and was following us right on our tails. From the void. It disappeared. It finally pulled off. I guess that's a car term. Don't like it, though. 
We finally pulled off and parked, and we proceeded and turned around at the end of the drive. As we were driving out, we saw this car again, and the lady driving it immediately got out of it and walked towards us. So, my friend stopped her car and rolled down her window. The lady asked us if we saw the no trespassing signs and asked us to show some respect to them. So we left and avidly searched our smartphones for answers about this place. Right? They're just in the road, but I guess if there's signs posted, like maybe it's because it's a one loop, potentially dead end, so like if you don't have to be, like no through traffic, like just get the fuck out of here. I know it's just a street. It's a public place. It's it's a road. Yeah, it's not closed off, so you can drive through there. Okay. Yeah. And... Just mostly confused why these people are so angry. Yeah. So there's a bunch of other comments that I'm not going to talk... Like, parts of that quote, or that little post. But it it ends with, quote, But it's weird. I want to get to the bottom of this. (laughs) Ha 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 It's a very long ha ha ha, which is just always unsettling. Yeah. All right. So as far as that goes, got this. You know, there's a legend that hobbits or little creatures live in this semi-abandoned neighborhood. Before that, in Salt Lake City, yep. the houses look strange, mm-hmm. um, somewhat abandoned. People are still living there, at least at this time. You know, so at least as late as 2017, um, people talk about it. They drive in there. So now, okay, kind of sets the stage, right? Now, what kind of property are we talking about? That's what I'm confused about. Yeah. Are there hobbits living there? I hope so. What if there were other creatures besides hobbits that called or called this place home? Wizards? Well, it sounds like Gandalf is roaming around. Uh-huh. What if the area has an interesting history with or without miniature monsters that want to eat you roaming around? Like, what if there's other stuff tied into this? Well, let's jump to a 1949 Salt Lake City Telegram article about the property entitled, It's Out of This World, the Allen Park Drive. This Allen Park Drive. All right, so it's not a very long article, so by Ann Ward, again, from 1949, quote, It's out of this world! That is the only phrase we can think of, again. We established where the place was in, like, the early 2000s, even. Mm -hmm. So let's... Jump back a ways. Okay. That is the only phrase we can think of which will aptly describe the home and grounds of Dr. and Mrs. George A. Allen at 13th East and Allen Park Drive. They own the place, so Allen Park Drive is the name of that street. Naturally, their address is self-explanatory. Allen Park Drive is named for its founder. Entering through the stone pillars, one goes from the hustle and traffic of 13th East into a haven of trees, birds, peace, and quiet. So what I found interesting is that it is like a little nook, just like in the city, mm-hmm. surrounded by trees and stuff. The long drive is lined on either side by cages. Cages? Which have been so camouflaged by trees that one is unaware of them. So there's hidden cages just in the forest. Okay. That makes in, it weirder. Yeah, yeah what do you think's inside them? Hobbits. Inside are birds. <laughs> Every description. Genial Dr. Allen explained to us that this collection of over 300 birds. That's a decent amount of birds. Is but when, but one of his many hobbies. Love capturing birds. Just put them in these cages. Yeah. But. Spo- hate when they fly. Spoiler alert. The man does love his birds. Okay. 
He loves birds a lot. Like, How, like, like an <laughs> appropriate, the most amount you would want someone to like birds. Okay. Like you would want them. Like, so nothing oh, weird. Yeah. No weird stuff. No weird stuff. Okay. Most of the birds are oriental pheasants and peacocks. Hmm. Those are pretty birds. Mm-hmm. Their bright coloring, which is shown off in their natural surroundings, bespeaks of their high value. Now, this next section says worth crowing about. Newest addition to the feathered clan is a black crow, which, with Auburn, oh, which Auburn-haired daughter Amy coaxed her father into purchasing from the Lincoln Park Zoo in Chicago this summer. A crow? It's a crow. That I guess a zoo had. But it's the Chicago ties. This family has a Chicago connection. As one rides down the winding driveway, he is intrigued by the large cement plaques set in flower beds and adorned with little figures and letters bearing famous quotations from Shakespeare and Omar Khayyam. These are Dr. Allen's latest doings, and the clever way which the tile has been used shows that our host has much of the artistic. It's 1949. They should be giving more credit to his wife, which we'll get into in a little bit later. She's an artist, is the point. Artista. Exactly. A large circle of green grass centered with a gray, with a gay yellow bird bath leads to the lodge-like log cabin home to the Allens. And on down the winding driveway is the prize of all this landscaping, a sprawling swimming pool. The clear blue water is fronted by a flagstone patio. And it is here that daughters Mary Rose, Amy, and Sally can be found in any summer day. Talk about how the pool has got an irregular shape. It bends, it blends into the foliage, so it's like immersed in the forest. Then they talk about an old tree. And here again, um, Dr. Allen, he made a tree house. Turned into a reading spot. I mean, this sounds pretty sweet. It sounds fucking awesome, right? Yeah. His vivacious daughters for them. And then a picnic at home. Across the driveway on the other side is a deep ravine, and on the floor of the canyon, covered with pine needles, is a cool picnic spot. Rustic tables and chairs, again, fit into the atmosphere. What? Oh, young son, Junior. It was here that young son George, who is now 19, used to camp out with members of his scout troop, and with such a background, we'll bet they really thought they were out in the wilds. I mean, it sounds like you're in the wild, but there's enough civilization Compared where it's a city, cool yeah. place, right? Out of the hustle and bustle. Exactly. And further down the driveway is a circle of stones in the center of which are miniature barrels used for stools. A big stone fireplace is the reason for the grouping, and it is here that the Allen family have many a powwow and wiener roast. Yep. We journey back to the patio by the pool, and there, well, the girl, Sally, who will be a freshman at the university this fall, and Amy, who is a... Veteran of three years there, they serve as cool lemonade, and we watched Mirror Rose splash about the pool. So how do you feel about that place? I think you just told me. Sounds pretty awesome. Right? It sounds fucking cool. Yeah. I want a treehouse that I can read in. A little nook and ravine. Mm-hmm. A lot of animals. Yeah. A lot of birdies. Some peacocks. A lot of peacocks, yeah. All right. So... Illinois-trained doctor, George Allen, and his artist wife, Ruth, who had been a fashion illustrator for some of Chicago's biggest firms, um, who would go on to be a renowned wildlife artist. That's why I give 
a lot of credit to Ruth probably for all the artist stuff going on because it's clearly a project that she would have been working on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, would go on, um, again, to be a renowned wildlife artist. Had bought the eight-acre property in the early 1930s, 1931 to be exact, and they were, were develop it you know, throughout the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's going on during the 30s? A lot of cool stuff, right? Uh, it depends on what we're talking about. Yeah, like it's like a like a an economic collapse and depression. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, everybody loves a good yeah, collapse. Yeah, it's not great when everything just fails and people are out of money and everything sucks. Weird. Yeah, what's that about? I don't know. It's pretty cool. Yeah, right. Awesome. You guys are looking at it the wrong way. Thank goodness it is in the past. <laughs> and they quickly began to turn it into their own little slice of heaven on earth. Um, you know about the birds, but they would also go on to acquire hobbits. Uh, <laughs> it's just keep it coming. Uh, an elephant. Uh, whoa. Chimpanzee. Okay. Reindeer. Weird. And a sandhill crane, which they would call Sandy. I'd call him Mothman. <laughs> hey, Mothman. Is this a crane? <laughs> That's what people thought the Mothman was. That's true. They do. Again, if you've never seen a crane before, they're pretty huge, but they're not Mothman. Nope. There was also a coyote that would hang around. Like a specific they're coyote. just there. A specific <laughs> coyote. A specific coyote in back in the day. That's Wiley. It is Wiley. And a raccoon who would follow the daughters to school. What? Yeah, it's just it's like a pet. It's a raccoon like, hanging out. I mean, I know maybe people they have pet raccoons. But... Maybe, maybe they fed it and it's just like, hey, I'm... That's I'm, weird that it follows them to school. I'm like a dog. It's like, good luck. Good luck on algebra. No, I'm going to wash my hands and eat some food. <laughs> That's what the raccoons do. Okay. <laughs> yep. Yep. And who could forget the peacocks? Jeremy, Ratchet, and Caw. They had a peacock named Jeremy. They did. It's awesome. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the best hey, thing you've you told fit, me so far. <laughs> have you fed Jeremy today? Ah, shit, I gotta go give him some food. <laughs> no, there's Jeremy. Ah. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, <laughs> peacocking again. That didn't hit me earlier. It hits me now. <laughs> well, I don't know what the other names were. It doesn't even matter. Uh, Jeremy's the best uh, one. Ratchet and Caw, but Jeremy's, you know. Yeah. Oh. Plus, there was a wild turkey who called the place home. They affectionately named him Gobbler. Gobbler. Hey, Gobbler's harassing Jeremy again. Hey, get out of here. Not Tom. You Not Tom. Gone with Tom. They went with Gobbler. Yeah, Jeremy and Tom hanging out. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I have a turkey named Tom, because that's what you name a turkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Now, if you didn't realize it yet, this area started to get crazy. Well, there's an elephant. And Ele- elephant may not have been there all the time. Because they just our... let that leave, too? Well, I mean... It walks the kids to school. It might have been there temporarily. I mean, George, he like he said, he loved animals. And he made sure this place was a sanctuary for all. I like animals, too, but you know what I'm not going to do? Have an elephant come hang out for any amount of time. George has connections because George basically helped found, fund or found. It was almost his idea, the Hoggle Zoo, like the um, you know Salt Lake City Zoo. Okay. So he's like, we need this fucking zoo here. So sometimes you take the animals out and be like, look at this fucking thing. Isn't it awesome? I'm going to take the elephant home today. Basically, like, okay, well, all right. To, again, awareness for the zoo. Like, hey, go check out this fucking awesome zoo we got going on here. Mm-hmm. 
Is that an elephant? Hell yeah, it is. Is that Jeremy? You damn, you're damn right. <laughs> um, so yeah, he helped establish the Hoggle Zoo and the Tracy Aviary because again, he loves birds. Not in a weird way. Not in a weird way. He adored nature, wildlife, and all living things. Again, being a doctor, George became known for helping people who couldn't afford his services. Depression, okay. he's a doctor, you can't pay, didn't care. He'd help you anyways. Sounds pretty good. That's a good guy. And you get to check on an elephant. Yeah, right Or here. Jeremy. Look at this, RJ. I broke my leg. All right, we'll patch you up, get you healed. Do I get to pet Jeremy? Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Again, couldn't pay, who cares? It appears George had your back, quote. He was an up-and-coming young doctor with a big practice among the worker class. And this is, uh, we mentioned her already, uh, Mira Rose. Mira Rose Black, you know, again, was his eldest daughter at this point. In the quote, she's married. Uh, she told me, this is not me, myself, it's part of the article I took it from. The writer um, was David Hampshire, who just so happened to live on the property for a dozen years. But more on that later. Get was back he a that. bird? He was, he's, he's a writer bird. Imagine like a cartoon, like a hat or like a reporter badge. This looks like it. chicken scratch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, stay spooky. <laughs> See you later. We're done. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, that was good. Yeah. So he talked to her in 2009 <laughs> okay. quote, and he would make personal calls a lot. He never turned anybody down that needed him to come to their house. So he's just like a good guy. Mm-hmm. Helping people out, not making a buck during the Depression. Um, clearly, he's got some money and some connections, so he's doing probably, like, you know. Well-ish. He's, like, well at least enough. at least he's got a house, so, like, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, since this was during the Great Depression, lots of people who couldn't pay, um, well, they volunteered to work on the property and help out. That's okay. fair. Again, it's eight acres, so, like, we got shit to do. got all these animals. Offer to help out. Mm-hmm. It's honest. Way to repay. The debt, if he makes you feel better. Yeah, that's fair. He also started building slash being given several little homes to plant across his property. Hmm. Sometimes, what's up? Maybe sometimes combining tiny ones into duplexes, and would rent them to quote professors, hippies, students, and artists. Hmm. He's got a little thing going on here. I'm not going to say, like, what he's establishing here is, like, my dream, but, like, it's kind of like a cool compound. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd keep all these birds in these cages, but everything else is seeming pretty cool. Now, he was an eccentric man who seemingly wanted to help like-minded individuals and fester a community of creativity. Fester is a weird word. I chose to put that there. A- <laughs> Foster would probably be better. <laughs> You know, like the idea of a community festering up. No. <laughs> I bet I wanted to put Foster. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the idea of this, all this creativity festering, like bubbling beneath the it surface. Sounds like there's, it's going to turn evil like it's, it's festering. Up, like it's the upside down. Yeah, there's a it's rot and a rottenness to it. Yeah. Maybe there is. Maybe. maybe that's like, I don't know. We're not done with the story maybe yet. That's, that's, there's not that kind of rot in here. Just the, not going not gonna to throw a George under the bus. Not that yep. kind of counterculture okay um so again he's fostering a community of creativity then a hwy.co article said residents would joke about the small living quarters because these houses were tinier and we'll talk about why in this next paragraph but there was also quote child-sized appliances that were small well that's adorable that he filled them with (laughs) which he thought was just 
cute. Now, again, I mentioned David Hampshire, who lived on the property, interviewed the daughter. He has a uh, City Weekly article that he wrote. Um, quote, this comes from that. In the 1930s, the Allens built a series of winding paths along Emigration Creek in the expanse of property east of the log house. They planted trees and shrubs and created nooks and benches and tables where visitors could rest. They built fountains. They added cages and nesting boxes for Dr. Allen's growing collection of rare pheasants and exotic birds. Every Sunday, the property was open to the general public. Mary Rose remembers a sign out on 1300 East that said, Visitors Welcome. Now. So they kind of already treated it as like a park mm-hmm. on the weekends, Sunday. Yeah. Um, so getting back to those houses we're acquiring. George also stated acquiring houses that were moved from other locations. Quote, um, this is Mary. I think the house mover was a patient of father's who couldn't pay his bills, Mary Rose said. So he moved these little houses here in exchange. Gee, as a kid, I'd wake up and see another house coming down the driveway on a truck. So a lot of these houses were like employment houses or like houses on like, you know, you know, like a work hand house or like somebody's away from home. They're at like a, maybe a farm or something. Yeah, just like a, a little lodge, basically. Yeah, so that's why they were... Tinier, undersized, because they're just made to go in and sleep. You're not really living in there, but you are. Yeah. And no one's going to provide these hands with extravagant houses. So they just move them on. He'd combine them, ship them together, make a hodgepodge, random things, combine them together. Mm-hmm. This whole little community. He's building. Again, this is his property, his private land. He's putting all these houses where people can live that he's renting out. Yeah. Um, at some point, I was looking for the exact year. I'm going to say... 60s, we'll say 60s, maybe early 70s, rent in these houses was around like 80 to $90 a month. Whatever that means. It's cheap. That's what I would say, right? Real cheap compared to now, but I would imagine it's still pretty cheap. I would think so. Um, from the random blog site I read from earlier, utahadventures.wordpress.com, this is Bill Peltz. And on August 22nd, uh, 2011, um, Bill lived there, so quote, I enjoyed living there in 1954 and 1955 when I came to SLC to do graduate work in anthropology at the University of Utah. It was a good place to live once we got used to the squawking of the peacocks that wandered freely around the place. The spreading of their tails was something I'd never seen before. Impressive. My favorite inscription was, because again, the place is littered with these things, Mm -hmm. quote, Give me men to match the mountains. Strong. I guess. It sounds strong. Right. The mosaic letters were not always well-formed, so I like to think of it as, quote, Give me hand to hatch the mountains. Cute. Which seemed to fit the theme of the place. My wife and I moved out after a year to live very close to university campus, but I liked the atmosphere at Allen Park and enjoyed the friendship of the couple who lived in the other half of our little cottage. Never saw any scary people. Again. He commented amongst all the Hobbit monster scary talk with people being chased with pipes and stuff. He's like, gotcha. well, I lived there and it was fine. Yeah. Hmm. But he lived there in the 50s. That's when George Allen was still alive. Okay. Eventually, George Allen passed away, I believe, in early 1960. I think 1961. And as more members of his family did as well, and things became a little more, you know, just moved away from the initial idea of the place. Mm -hmm. The area fell under disrepair. You know, lawns not being kept up, people moving out, no one's in there. Yeah. Residents slowly started departing the area. 
Nature tried to take the area back and it became overgrown with weeds. But some people continued to live there until 2019. When the owners of the property put it up for sale. And the likely purchaser was a developer who intended, you know, probably to bulldoze the area and, you know, turn it into condos. Just, you know, it's prime real estate. Mm-hmm. Make it whatever you want. All right. So that's, you know, who everybody thought was kind of going to buy the place. Now, here's an article. The Hobbits have left the building. Residents of fabled Sugar House Enclave, Allen Park, vacate their homes. It's by Keelan Lyons. Now, this article begins with a quote from David Hampshire, the writer I previously mentioned, and again, the guy who lived there for like 12 years. Okay. And this is 2019, as they have to, you know, they got to go. This place is in chaos right now, David Hampshire says. A slew of boxes are strewn across the wood floor. Pictures, art, even a pair of old ice skates hang on the wood paneled walls. Murray, a small green and yellow bird perched in the metal enclosure, chirps as Hampshire packs up the two-bedroom house that he's called home for a dozen years. Quote, He's not a happy camper because I usually let him fly around in here. And I've got the cage shut because I'm going to have to take him to his own new, his new owners today. Hampshire says his winged companion surveying what he has left to pack and accomplish before the day's end. From the looks of this place, I'll probably be here till the wee hours of the morning. And then that article goes on to talk about all the people because they sold it to like a firm and then they were putting it up for auction or, you know, it was up for sale. You know, the real estate people, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But all the people who were living there and paying whoever, God only knows how that renting arrangement was going on with Uh just houses on private property. Like, I don't think these houses were being treated as like actual, like, like, quote, tenant landlord or anything. Like, it's basically, here you go, you get to live here. Uh Right? Sure. Um. So what I would guide anybody to, because this is the article I found as I was done like piecing this all together. I took some quotes from it. Some of the Mary Rose quotes were from the uh, the David Hampshire article from the theweeklycity.net, um, Hobbitsville's Last Days. Um, if anybody wants to look that up, it's real long, but it's like a comprehensive story of like the history of Hobbitville. Okay. You're getting an idea of the overall history, but like some of the details and stuff, it's all in there. So anybody who's, because I don't know about you, but this place has my attention. Sounds cool. Seems pretty neat, right? It's really cool that hobbits live there now. Right. They just, they took it over. The tiny houses. Yeah. Because again, got these tiny houses. He puts in these tiny appliances. Um, so what is the fate of Hobbitville in 2022? Do like developers buy it? Do they plow it over? I don't have a lot of faith in anything in this year. So... <laughs> Well, one good thing happened in 2020 because the city bought it. Oh. The Sugar House region of Salt Lake City encompasses Hobbitville Allen Park. I'm just describing the area. It has become a trending neighborhood now with breweries, sports bars. This is from another article that I had quoted from earlier. But it's like a hip happening place. Sports bars, galleries, indie boutiques. And it sits at like, you know, hmm. the base of the mountains. Okay. So there's a lot of things to do in this general vicinity. Seems pretty cool. Now, the land was bought by the city for over $7 million in 2020 and is still being renovated into a public park. And while it's still being, like, you know, spruced up and stuff where people can even go into these houses and I don't know if they're going to live in them or they're going to make them stuff, um, it's open for business. So the good news is and why I chose to, like, 
hunker down on this topic. It's a place that we can put in the map and go to. Sounds cool. Because it sounds awesome. Yeah. And if you look up, you know, if you decide to Google it, um, you can look up different, the plaques, different artistic stuff. It's the cool, like, niche houses. It's a weird little environment that sounds badass. Um, so I began this journey because I heard of an urban legend, which is why I started with all those comments. Mm-hmm. What got me like, okay, this sounds creepy. Is like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. So as I dug into these murderous hobbits, I discovered, you know, a pretty cool, eclectic, just little area, little niche, artistic, at once community. A lot of, you know... Free thinkers, hippies, I'd say squatters, but I'm sure they would just talk to the Allens and they'd be like, yeah, come on in. Feed my birds once in a while. You can hang out here. Give me a couple bucks for rent. So, I mean, was there ever any murderous hobbits living here? Yes. I think people for sure believe, yes, absolutely. There's a lot of them here and they're guarded by Gandalf and his throwing sticks. Whipping sticks. His whipping sticks. And his smacking sticks. His whipping sticks and his smacking sticks. You want to get smacked, you want to get whipped. Jeremy's coming with, too. Jeremy is here. Jeremy. Jeremy is never forgotten. He puts out his peacock feathers as a distraction as Gandalf whips the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like but yeah. That. I mean, that's right. It's, yeah. it's a duo. It's a team. Jeremy is like Gandalf's Pokemon. I want that to be the drawing for this episode. <laughs> okay, all right. That's it. It'll get off with a stick and then Jeremy the peacock. <laughs> Looking real scary. But yeah, that's the story of Hobbitville in Salt Lake City, Utah. Again, sometimes you never know where these journeys are going to take us. It took huh. me down a path about... You can a... see how an urban legend would come out of that, right? though. You see it just falling apart. All the houses look tiny and weird. Yeah. And then, because um, a lot of the stuff... You know, the animated Lord of the Rings stuff was in the 70s. So, like, that's when Hobbits and that stuff's becoming popular. If, um, you know, again, not, like, popular because, of course, obviously been around for a while. Yeah, I don't know what year the books were published. It had to be 40s or 50s. I I you know, think. I looked up the movie stuff. I didn't look up when the books came out. Yeah. That's a good point. But, like, once the I place... 50? But I don't know. Once this place starts to fall apart, that's when you can kind of start making up, you know legends about it because it's a little unkempt um let's look up when the hobbit came out well the the hobbit came out after it did yeah what do i know nothing so let's just look the up fellowship of the ring yeah that's what i'm looking for and it was cool that i was you know she has the artistic you know they both have the chicago connections which is always fun to come across sometimes mm-hmm. and that she was a fashion designer but then yeah he's you know, he's a doctor married to an artist. He wants to prosper that kind of community. Of the ring. Release. 1954. There you go. You got to it. I'm talking and typing. Taking too long. Yeah. Yeah, so there's that. But then once he passes away, the place starts to fall apart. More people. Well, maybe the Hobbit was first. Yeah. For some reason, I. but I mean, I'm not going to ever claim to be an expert in any of those things. Yeah. Hobbit was first. What year was that? 37. Yeah, so he was in it. He's been, you know, 20 years after he came back from the trenches. Mm-hmm. As fascism is rising and things are getting worse. God damn it. But yeah, so then 
hobbits are in, you know, the uh, the public consciousness. These weird little tiny houses, mm-hmm. hobbit houses. And then you, it's scary. There's only a few people living there, and it's a dead end. The locals aren't too fucking pleased with people fucking around down there. And you have one old guy who's just chasing. And again, well, I mean, if it's only eight acres, yeah, it's just like a right. It's not. It's not huge. That'd be like somebody pulling down my driveway. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, what are you doing here? Yeah, if people kept doing that, I'd be chasing people out too. Mm-hmm. And that's why after you know I had the court about how it, a local was famous for chasing people with shotguns. So there, it seems like there's like one specific, even in the later years, and it might have been the same guy throughout all of his life. He's this long beard. He's been there forever. Yeah. And he's just like, get out of here. He made like his mission to be like, get the fuck out of here. Gandalf the Great. Yeah. <laughs> Living in his little cool house. Huh. Um, but yeah. The story of Hobbitville. Cool place. It's like a cool park to go to in Utah. Um, there's a nearby park that you can park at, I guess, because there's like, again, it was like an, a home slash neighborhood, so there's no like parking lots in there. But if you park in a nearby park, you can just walk over and then hang out, look at everything. All the art stuff and statues is still there. It's cool. Yeah. Seems fun. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it was neat. Didn't know about it. It's cool. It's really cool the hobbits are there. Yeah, they're there living, of course. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line of the story that's the lesson to take home yeah they're there mm-hmm. but yeah if you've been there if, if you're a utah native and you're like yeah that is kind of cool let us know we're in for podcast at gmail.com um you know check us out on the instagrams the we're in fear.com that's not it um patreon.com slash we're in fear leave us a um review review <laughs> Because I was going to say leave a review on the Patreon, which I guess you can do. But the point is, on the Patreon, you can listen to bonus episodes. You get all this stuff. Right. Behind the Veil. All this mm-hmm. cool stuff. Reviews are helpful, though. Yes, they so are. So do that. And uh, anchor.fm slash we're in fear if you want to leave us a voice message, which still nobody's done. But if you want to, it will be, we will play it. So I hope Jeremy calls. Please. If you just send us peacock sounds and say it's Jeremy. I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with that. It's Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. I'm alive. How old is this peacock? How old do peacocks live? Not that long. We'll look, that, we'll look it up in Pond of Veil. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. All right, guys. But yeah, um, it's always good to get to find out about places you can go to. It's cool. Yep. But yeah, all right, guys. Uh, you know what to do. Stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Stay <laughs> spooky.